Father, this morning we just come to you, Lord, in the name of Jesus. As we continue to look into your word, Father, continue to teach us. Prepare us for the day of the Lord our Master. There are many days. U.S., there's a day of election that is coming. The day when the elections results would be declared. So many days ahead. But Lord, there is no day like the day of the Lord. And everything is moving towards that day. Give us the wisdom to prepare for that day. Ultimately, that's the only day that matters. For that will be the day of judgment. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Teach us now. I come in the church into thy hands, especially, Lord, where it is still night, first night, night of evil, night of debauchery. But, Lord, I pray, protect your people, Lord. Protect your people. Keep your people safe, O oh Lord. Everywhere. No weapon that is formed against us will prosper. Every lying tongue that rises against us in judgment, in rituals, in sorcery, in witchcraft, it will all fall to the ground. For by faith we plead the blood of Jesus, the blood of Jesus are our homes, are our households, everything that you have committed into our hands. And we stand safe and secure because we are purchased by the blood of the Lamb. Thank you, thank you, Father. Thank you, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen, amen, amen. amen. Continuing where we had stopped, going to Revelation chapter 10 and verse 7. But in the days, not in the day, but in the days, okay, so there is a period of time we do not know. There is a period of time when God uses the word days. We do not know how long it is. But there's a period of time after the six angels are over. Of the sounding of the seventh angel, when he is about to sound, the mystery of God would be finished, as he declared to his servants, the prophets. So the mystery of God has been is being declared from the beginning, and they are unfolding. But there is a day when the mystery of God will be finished. See, every religion, Every religion has a mystery component. Every religion has a mystery component. And to partake of that mystery in religion, you have to be an initiate. You have to be initiated through that. That is how a small group in the religion holds power over the rest. That's the initiation. You have to go through it, which demands great from you. They will ask you to make covenants and blood oaths. And even Freemasonry controls the whole world through initiation because they have a mystery component which nobody knows. They have books. Every religion has secret books. Even Jewish thing, they have the Kabbalah secret books. Okay, and they have. So there's a mystery component. But the greatest of the mystery is the mystery of God. It's the mystery of God. Okay. If you look at Revelation chapter 2, 24, you know that demonic mystery had entered into the church. Now I, to you I say and to the rest in Thyatira, as many as do not have this doctrine, who have not known the depths of Satan. Okay, the depths of Satan. Okay, so you need to realize it had infiltrated into the church then itself. You need to realize Freemasonry is rooted in the church 
and in the Jewish religion. It's a demonic mystery that has come in and they control a large, like one of the democratic senators standing for the guy who is 6 feet 18 just in the his nickname if you look in the, the US media he's called the warlock <laughs> they call him the warlock you know warlock is a term from the demon, demonic realm he's a wizard warlock okay so it's it's gone mainline but you cannot get in unless you're initiated into it and to be initiated you have to have covenants and oaths and blood oaths in all religion including hinduism buddhism so the people are just fooled by the outward religion and all but there are people who are initiated into it where there is a power structure okay so but the kingdom of god is different it is not like that the kingdom of god let's turn to matthew chapter 30 and let's read from verse 10 mystery of God. Matthew 13 verse 10 onwards. And the disciples came to him, came and said to him, why do you speak to them in parables of people? He answered and said to them, because it has been given to you to know the mysteries of the kingdom of heaven. So there are mysteries of the kingdom of heaven all together encapsulated in word. It is the mystery of God. The mystery of God and the mysteries of his kingdom. And that's why Jesus said, Seek ye first the kingdom of God. Because if you do not know these mysteries, if you do not know these mysteries, you will be disqualified. It's not that you lose your salvation. Because we are running a race. And to run a race, these mysteries are important. Because the kingdom of God is knowledge dependent. And this knowledge is hidden. It is not. It is not out there in the open. Okay? And he says, who is it given to? He said, now he's talking to an entire crowd, a Jewish crowd, let us say, a believing crowd, who has come to hear him. But when he looks at the crowd, he speaks to them in parables. And the disciples come and say, we see this difference. When you are with us, you are very simple. But when you are with them, you are very complex. You speak to them in parables. Why is that you speak to us in parables? And he gives them the answer because he says, the mysteries of the kingdom of God, which is the mystery of God, is not given to them. It is not given to them. He says to partake of the mystery, there is a condition that is demanded. And the condition is that you live everything and follow me. And only you have done it. So the initiation into the kingdom of God is that you actually leave everything and follow him. In your heart you have surrendered all. And he says if you do not, you cannot have the mysteries and the kingdom of God is a mystery. It's a mystery. For whoever has to him, more will be given, and he will have an abundance. What he's talking about? He's talking about the mysteries. The, the kingdom of God. Okay, So there are the kingdom of God. But remember, in these mysteries, we saw there's a timeline. There's a timeline. That is why in during the days of the seventh angel is when it is finished. So mysteries are also locked in time. Locked in time. Okay, so if you go to First uh, Corinthians chapter four, verse one and two, here is a man. Okay, let a man so consider us as servants of Christ and stewards of the mysteries of God. So he is a steward. He's somebody to whom actually to uh, he is the man to whom most of the mysteries were revealed than anybody else. Why? Because he was an extremely good steward, but more than that, he was extremely faithful. 
to the kingdom, the king, and the purpose. So to him it was revealed. So there's something that there are stewards of the mysteries of God. That is what is demanded from the servants of God. You have to be a steward. First, you need to forsake everything and be a disciple. Then, you need to start understanding the mysteries of God. Third, you need to be a good steward of the mystery. And what is that steward? You need to be very, very faithful that you continuously keep revealing, learning, revealing, teaching the mysteries of God, but leave it. Because you do not know who is a disciple and who is part of the crowd. So who understands, who does not understand? You do not know, but our job is to be faithful with the mysteries of God. Because you know what? The kingdom of God is knowledge-dependent. It is entirely like the kingdom of this world. It's knowledge dependent. <laughs> Absolutely knowledge dependent. Wherever you, whichever area you're working in, the more knowledge you have, more expertise you have, higher you go up. And the kingdom of God is in the same way. And it is hidden. But it is revealed. You don't have to go through any initiation into dark, these things like in the kingdom of the devil. Here it is very simple. He says it has been revealed to the children with childlike faith, those who come. So there is something that is demanded from the stewards. And there is something that is demanded from the sheep. Let's go to First Corinthians now to chapter 2. And let's read from verse 1 onwards. And I, brethren, when I came to you, did not come with excellence of speech or of wisdom, declaring to you the testimony of God. For I determined not to know anything among you except Jesus Christ and him crucified. Okay, now he's talking about how he came to them as a shepherd, as a steward. I was with you in weakness, in fear, and in much trembling. And my speech and my preaching were not of persuasive words of human wisdom, but in the demonstration of the spirit and of power, that your faith should not be in the wisdom of men, but in the power of God. Okay. However, we speak wisdom among those who are mature, yet not the wisdom of this age, nor of the rulers of this age who are coming to nothing. But we speak the wisdom of God in a mystery. So the wisdom of God is a mystery. But it can be only be perceived by those who are mature. That is why growth is imperative in the kingdom of God. You have to mature. If you do not mature, if you remain as a child in the kingdom of God, you will not be able to unlock the mysteries which is available for everybody. It is not locked like in the, in the depths of Satan. It is not. But the wisdom of God is a mystery. It is a mystery. It's a hidden wisdom which God ordained before the ages for our glory. This was a mystery that was locked up from ages past, but revealed to those in the new covenant. It's a mystery. It's a mystery. Go further to verse 8. Which none of the rulers of this age knew. For had they known, they would not have crucified the Lord of glory. But as it is written, I has not seen, nor ear heard, nor have entered into the heart of men the things which God has prepared for those who love him. But God has revealed them to us through his spirit. So the key is here. The mystery of God, the mysteries of the kingdom is revealed by the spirit. He is the steward. He is the actual steward of the mysteries of God. So the church the steward and the sheep is entirely dependent upon the Spirit of God 
to reveal this. That's why in Ephesians chapter 1, verse 17 and 18, okay, 17 and 18, this is what he says, that the God of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of glory, may give, it to, give you what? The spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him. That the eyes of your understanding being enlightened. You see, this is what happens. You have wisdom, but you don't have revelation. When you have wisdom without revelation, you don't have understanding. And this revelation is entirely from the Spirit of God. Okay. Now Jesus comes and says, tell Nathaniel, this is, he's a true Israelite. Okay. So Nathaniel says, but how do you know this? You know what he says? I saw you under the fig tree. Now, seeing him under the fig tree is revelation from the Spirit. So, revelation from the Spirit. Okay. And without that component, you will not have understanding. You will not have understanding. That is the component that is Spirit determined. There is this wisdom, and there is the Spirit part, which is called revelation, and which comes understanding. And that's the same thing with the word of God. You go through the word of God, it is wisdom. And that wisdom is useful. The wisdom is useful. And that wisdom, you can live good lives based on that wisdom. But there is a revelatory factor that comes on that wisdom. And that revelatory factor that comes on the wisdom is what breaks through for you. Without that, it will not be unlocked. That's what the Bible is talking about. So that is where the Spirit of God comes from. That is where if you look, like let me, like it says, he spoke through the prophets. Even when the prophets are speaking, usually any prophet who is speaking, either he doesn't understand fully or he will only understand partially. Partially. Because it's the Spirit speaking through him. Like when Isaiah 53, Isaiah speaking up through, the Spirit of God is through Isaiah speaking. Isaiah 53, Isaiah understood nothing. And everyone who followed him understood nothing because it's time locked. You can, you can prophesy, but you will not understand. You will not understand. When Isaiah talks about the virgin, but the virgin who's going to give birth also doesn't understand. It's time locked. Why? Because if these mysteries were known, they would not have crucified Jesus Christ. They would not have crucified Jesus Christ. Okay. So the thing is that when we read the Bible, don't get discouraged if you don't understand the key is the Holy Spirit. So we have to listen to what the Holy Spirit is saying. He says, remove these blocks and then I will reveal. So that's why we talk about fear because fear is a block. If you are fearful, he will not reveal. Because it's no point giving a sword to a fearful man. All the Israelites had sword, nobody went. But David went. Without a soul. When we're looking at all the, why this is important is because this is connected with our eternity. This is connected with our eternity. What will we be at the end of time? It's important. It is connected. And these are mysteries. But it says mysteries are given to you. It is not given to them. But it it has to be given to the first thing. That's why the entire new covenant you will see talks about the Holy Spirit. And the Holy Spirit is the one who discerns. He is the one who knows me and you. He knows what are my weaknesses. He knows where I am strong, where I will depend upon my... He knows all these things. That's why we are asked to be very careful, to listen to the Holy Spirit. So you will see like another this thing about how the Spirit of God works and we don't understand is one let us, we don't have to go there because we know in the chapter 14 are the gifts of the Holy Spirit being interpreted, how to be used. And one of the most common gift is the gift of tongues. 
Okay, gift of tongues. In a gift of tongues, the ministry of the gift of tongues, actually there are four people involved. Four people involved. One is the Holy Spirit. He is the person who gives the gift. Okay? Second, there is a person who is speaking in tongues. Okay? He speaks, he understands nothing. Third, there is the one who is interpreting it. He interprets, but he still does not understand. And then there is this fourth person at whom it is aimed. He's the only one who understands. So I can speak in tongues. Okay? The Spirit of God tells me, this is the time to speak. I speak. I understand nothing. My wife may interpret. She understands in her head, but she does not. It makes no relevance to her. It is nothing. It doesn't mean anything to her. Okay? She interprets. But there may be somebody sitting in the congregation who's usually a Gentile. Usually a Gentile. And it hits him right at the core because it tells him, him or her, this is who you are, this is what you have done, the Lord is speaking to you. Okay, So if you look at it, there is always a component. There is an always. And that component is from the Spirit of God. Spirit of God. That is why this uh, tongues, how it has to be used, these uh, regulatory mechanisms are put over there. Why? Because it's a spirit component. And in a spirit component in the church, if there is a component which nobody understands, the Bible says, don't use it. Don't use it. You can use it for your personal edification. So you will see here, Apostle Paul is a chosen vessel. Why was he chosen? To know the mysteries of God because for God found him faithful. When did he find him faithful? Because Before he became a believer. Before he became a believer. That's what he says. I was blameless according to the law. You see, God is always looking at people. He knows who will get saved. But there are qualities which you see in Gentiles which Christians don't have. Christians don't have. And sometimes you look, I mean, if you are smart as a worker and you are as smart as a worker, you look at a Gentile, you look at a Christian, and I would hire a Gentile. I would hire a Gentile. Only I'll tell him, don't bring your idols here. This is my company, don't bring your idols, but I want you to work because I see something. You have certain disciplines which is required. While the, the, the believer comes in, the only thing he does not do is he does not bring any idols, but he doesn't have those disciplines disciplines. Okay, We need to understand. So God is looking at this man and the Bible says God entrusted this to him because he was, before was found faithful. Because the law is there and the law was a restrainer. And how does the Lord restrain you? By being faithful to the law. Faithful to the law. Okay? Faithful to the law. That's why you need to understand God even watches you how you are driving. Because if you are not faithful to the traffic laws where nobody is watching, overtaking from the left, all kind of crazy things people do, you know, it's a terror to drive or to be driven. Hmm? Why is that people don't panic that way when they are driving in the West? Because over years and years and years, those fundamental principles of God's kingdom has been imbibed into the culture, even if people are not believers. Mm. It has been imbibed into the culture, but here, no. Here, no. But that is irrelevant to you and to me. The fact is that even when we are driving on the road, we are looking as being revealed one day, the mysteries of God, because God found us 
faithful. That's what the little thing we're talking about. He was faithful in little things. He was faithful in small things. How important it is because you know what? You, you are, I mean, you're very conscious about it because you know what? I'm running a race and I want a crown. I'm running a race. I want my crown. Okay. You can call it selfish or whatever, not, but you're running your own race. You're not pushing anybody. But you look into that race and you look, that reward is eternal forever and ever. And you realize the keys of running that race. Okay. Now you may be, let us say, you may be an extremely good uh, sportsman in any sport, cricket, football or anything. And some talent hunter sees you and he sees you playing. But once you are chosen, it's a different ball game altogether. The training is different. Suddenly you realize the stuff the coach is saying, you never knew. What is he doing? He is revealing to you the mysteries of how to be excellent. Excellent, okay? And that's the same way with the kingdom of God. In the kingdom of God is looking for, like I said, why was David picked? I mean, who would pick a shepherd boy to be a king? would pick a shepherd boy to be a king of a nation. It is God. Why? He looked at him and said, you know what, he's extremely faithful in the way he does things and when his heart is. You see, one thing, he was never offended. He's never offended. He always dealt with that. He was never offended. Two, he was always faithful in those little things. Otherwise, if your father and mother ignores you on a big day, you will be offended. He was not offended. And we need to realize these are things which God, why? Because the kingdom of God is a mystery of God. There are mysteries. And if I have to finish my race, these things have to be unlocked for me in my race. If it is or not unlocked, why is Paul so absent? See, we have Paul's death there. We have Peter's death there. Okay, two people are there. Stephen talks about heaven opening. Peter talks about putting his tent away. Paul talks about his crown. Where does his confidence come from? One is talking about entering. The other is talking about putting this tabernacle. The other is talking about the crown of righteousness. The simple question is, where does his confidence come from? The simple thing is that he was a good steward of God's mysteries. But to be a steward, you have to receive first. You have to receive first. Why did he receive? Because if you go through the apostles in the record of book of Acts, there was nobody as faithful as him. He never, ever looked back. Nobody faced hurdles like he did at every point. There was no looking back. And, and he was faithful. And if you go to Ephesians chapter 3, verse 3 and 4, that by revelation he made Known to me the mystery, as I have briefly written already, by which, when you read, you may understand my knowledge in the mystery of Christ. Okay, he had this personal knowledge of the mystery of Christ. I mean, everything about Christ is revealed to us through Spirit. Let me ask you this question: There are seven churches in the Book of Revelation, right? There are seven lampstands, right? There are 11 stamps, lampstands with other churches, right? And there are 11 flames in heaven. 
The flame is not on earth. The flame is in heaven. The sevenfold spirit is in heaven. Seven lampstands, seven flames, seven churches. Right? If you read the New Covenant and read the apostolic epistles, only seven epistles are written to seven churches. The rest are written to people. And all seven are written by Paul. Look at the look at the order. The rest are all written to people. But only seven epistles are written to seven churches. Only seven churches are written. And each of these epistles is a mystery of God being revealed. Through this man. Not through Peter or John. Right? You go through your order. <laughs> you go through your order. Go through your order in your Bible. There are only seven churches. To which epistles are written? Which are those? Romans, Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians, Thessalonians, finished. The rest is all the people. The people. Okay? And each of those letters, there's a mystery of Christ that is being revealed through this man. And he says, I was given that by revelation. He made me known the mystery. Meaning, without revelation, you cannot understand that mystery. Because it's a mystery. It's a mystery. You cannot know. And it has been made known if you go to chapter 6 and verse 19. 6 and verse 19. But for me, that utterance may be given to me that I may open my mouth boldly to make known the mystery of the gospel. The gospel itself is a mystery. The gospel itself is a mystery. So you need to, we need to understand, okay? There are so many mysteries in the kingdom of God. They are hidden to be revealed. They are hidden to be revealed. But that revelation matters. Revelation matters. Okay, revelation matters. That one little revelation may be like in the world. That one little knowledge may be that one which gives you the edge. Okay, in your interview, in your promotion. That one thing, okay. There were four faithful men in Babylon. One had an extra. And that put him ahead. Saved their lives also. One something was given to him. Interpretation of dreams. Because he was the first to understand up and be faithful. Okay? Understand this. Okay? So when we go to First Timothy chapter 16. Okay? Uh, 316. Yeah. Hmm? We see a mystery. Without controversy, unlike other mysteries, great is the mystery of godliness. Okay? What is God's antidote or answer to the mystery of iniquity? Okay? The first cry of the first criminal in the Bible is, my iniquity is too much for me to bear. That is Cain's cry. My iniquity is too much for me to bear. And honestly, starting from Cain onwards, down to Apostle Paul in Romans 7.24, it is the cry of any man who seeks for righteousness. O wretched man that I am, who will deliver me from this body of death? Started with Cain. Okay. And continues all the way to Apostle Paul. Every man who is trying to seek righteousness will realize he fails. It's a mystery of iniquity. It's a mystery of iniquity. But the 
answer, answer of to the mystery of iniquity is the mystery of what? Godliness. Godliness. So if you, you have to keep that there and we'll keep coming, okay? Without controversy, great is the mystery of godliness. What is the mystery of godliness? First thing, God was manifested in the flesh. That's a mystery. We'll never understand it. Okay? God. Okay. Why? Because this mystery is what is replicated in each one of us. That's why it is important. We are not looking at Jesus. Because as he is, so we are. Our entire salvation is dependent upon what God did in him is replicated in us. So the first thing is God is manifested in flesh. That's the first mystery. So when we are born again, it is God manifested in the flesh, birthed in us. It's a mystery. The world will not understand it. Oh, you to go to heaven, what should you be? Nicodemus doesn't understand. It's a man of great wisdom. But he does not understand it that unless you are born again, you cannot. It's a mystery. What is that? God was manifested in the flesh. And second thing, justified. See that word very carefully. Justified in the spirit. The S is capital. Okay, Justified in the spirit. Jesus from his birth, through his life, to his death, to his resurrection, and continuing all the way now, he justified in the spirit. The key is the spirit. Justified only in the spirit. And even now, he does everything through the spirit. That is our justification. How does our justification begins? It begins by we are born of the spirit. And after that, the entire thing is that it has to be through the Spirit. Otherwise, we are not justified. Before God, no works of the flesh will be justified. Go to Ephesians chapter 1, 13 and 14. And then Romans 8, 9. In him you also trusted after you heard the word of truth, the gospel of your salvation. Remember, the gospel is a mystery. In whom also having believed, you were sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. Who is the guarantee? What is not? What is the guarantee? What is the guarantee? Not my works. A person is the guarantee. The guarantee is the Holy Spirit. That's a mystery of the gospel. God manifested in the flesh. In Romans 8, 9, it's even more serious. But you are not in the flesh, but in the spirit. If indeed the spirit of God dwells in you. Now, anyone does not have the spirit of Christ, he's not his. He's not looking at works at all now. Absolutely nothing at all. This is a mystery that you are saved by faith and faith alone and not by works. The works come later, but those are the works of the spirit and not the works of the flesh. Salvation is entirely by faith and faith alone because that's a mystery. God manifested in the flesh. So when God is looking, the only thing God is looking is my spirit in him. If the spirit of God is in there, you are justified. So Jesus was justified in the spirit. That's the first thing God looks. He's not looking at anything. That is the spirit of Christ himself. It's the spirit of God himself. That's the first thing God is looking at. Any person, irrelevant of anything, age, gender, race, color, it's irrelevant. The only thing is, is the spirit of God in him. If the spirit of God is in him, you're justified. Because you're justified in the spirit. Because who is that? It is God in flesh. It is God in flesh. Your spirit only by. And after that, this is the first justification of faith. Because that's the first point. You are without sin. The spirit of God has no sin. 
Okay, so that is how Jesus is born, and that is how everyone has to be born again by the Spirit. And after that begins the walk in Galatians five sixteen, five eighty, and five twenty five. Okay, I say walk in the Spirit. Okay. Now he says, walk in the spirit. That spirit, you have to learn to walk in. It's a, it's a process, but the process has to be there. There is no way anywhere along the way you can decide, I'm going to stop. You cannot stop. There is no way you can stop because this is a process. Wherever you stop, you start losing your rewards and the danger of falling away is always there open or backsliding. Okay. Verse 60, 18. Okay, if you are led by the Spirit, walking in the Spirit, led by the Spirit. So there are two components here. One, I am called to walk. Two, He leads me. So He leads and I have to walk. So there is God's part and my part. Both are there. When I am walking, I am the one who is walking. When He is leading, He is the one who is leading. So though He is in me, I have to walk. But I have to listen to His leading. What is he telling me? And when you come to verse 25, the Bible says, if we live in the spirit, let us also walk in the spirit. So there is a concept brought up here about living in the spirit. And if you go to Galatians 2.20 and then 1 Timothy 3.9, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ. It is no longer I who live, but Christ. How does Christ live in me? Through the spirit. The life which I now live in the flesh. I live by faith in the son of God. Or by the faith of the son of God. Who loved me and gave himself for me. Now we come to Timothy 3.9. This is the mystery of faith. So faith is a mystery. That's why we preach so much about faith. Because faith is a mystery. Because when you walk by faith. When you live by faith. You actually live in the spirit. The spirit living through you. That is the only life acceptable to God. That's the only life that is justified by God. And the more you learn to walk further and further and further, what you're getting closer to is are your rewards. So even if it's a child who's born again, who enters the heaven as a child, is justified. Positionally an heir, but a slave. Child in the sense at any age. Okay, that's Galatians 4.1. Okay, it's an heir. So the thing is that what justifies us? That's why we are justified by faith. Faith is a mystery. Faith is a mystery. That is why we have to be very, very careful about it because that is where discernment has to come. That is where the Holy Spirit gives us discernment because you need to realize everything that we do by faith can be duplicated by the flesh. I can sing in the flesh. I can praise in the flesh. I can worship in the flesh. I can work in the flesh. Everything can be duplicated. None of it will be accepted. None of it will be accepted by God. Everything has to be by this. That's why we keep saying the first thing you do in the morning as have your encounter with the Spirit of God. That is the first thing that has to happen is your encounter with the Spirit of God. And then only the rest can follow. And that is what Jesus is teaching us. His own very life is that. His first encounter is with the Spirit of God and everything is put right, everything is under the sovereignty and the lordship of the Holy Spirit, and then he comes down. And then after that, it doesn't matter what storms come in the way. And there are storms on the way. 
all through the days he is going through. But why is he able to face it all? And why is the father pleased with him? Because he begins in the spirit and ends in the spirit. And because he is actually walking and living in the spirit, it does not matter when the storm is raging. You wake him up, he still reacts in the spirit. He doesn't react in the flesh. Never does he react in the flesh. You just wake him up, he wakes up, he reacts in the spirit. Okay, because he's living in the spirit. Okay, he's living in the spirit. And God is showing us a pattern. This is the pattern of salvation. This is the mystery of godliness. What is that? God in the flesh. God in the flesh. It was revealed to us. If you go back to 316, Timothy 316. God was manifested in the flesh, justified by the Spirit. The other word, to be justified by the Spirit, the key is we learn to walk by faith. That's why by whatever is not of faith is sin. Whatever of faith is not sin. Because the Spirit of God can never sin. Can never sin. Can never sin. Okay? And the second thing is written, seen by angels. If you go to First Peter 1 and verse 12, 1, 12. First Peter 1.12 To them it was revealed that not to themselves but to us they were ministering things which now have been reported to you through those who have preached the gospel to you by the Holy Spirit sent from heaven things which angels desire to look into. You need to understand this. The mystery of God was locked for the angels too. They also didn't understand. The angel who is coming and declaring something may not understand what he is declaring because it was not revealed to them too. Because it is all time bound. Nobody knew it was a mystery of many things which were told by angels to prophets. The angel didn't understand. The prophet didn't understand. But the one who is working through it all is the Spirit of God. The Spirit of God through the angel is passing on to the prophet to us to whom it is unlocked. That's why we are so sloppy and we take these things we hear so granted which angels did not understand, which prophets didn't understand. And it's so common for us. It's so common for us. But it was a mystery of God that was hidden. Where angels desire to look into. Like when Jesus is born in Nazareth. I'm sorry, in Bethlehem. When he's born in Hill, there's an angelic announcer. But they are, they are stunned and they are shocked. They are stunned and they are shocked in the angelic realm. They don't understand this. You need to realize, what is the name of Jesus in the Old Covenant? In terms of Lord of Hosts. He's a general of, he's the head of the angelic army. And they're looking at him, born in a manger, in a stable, and wrapped up in swaddling clothes in human form. They don't understand it. They still don't know the cross. The angels don't know the cross. It's hidden. Nobody knows. It's a mystery. And they're seeing this whole thing of Jesus Christ. The next thing they see is he goes incognito for 30 years. God in flesh, hidden. Hidden for 30 years. Angels have no clue what is happening. Angels are looking. He's saying these things all have been revealed to you, which angels desire to look into. They had no clue what was happening over there. Now we are all theologians, we understand it so well. But angels had no clue what was happening. Then the next thing the angels see is the Spirit of God driving the Son of God into the wilderness to be tempted by their arch enemy. Okay? 
and he's so exhausted by the end of it, angels are sent to minister to him. And they cannot figure it out. They know who he is on the other side. And now they are ministering to him. To his weak body. Okay. They can remember ministering to Elijah and all. Now they are ministering to him. And they can't understand what is happening over here. They are ministering to him. They are ministering in Gethsemane. And then remember in Matthew 26, 52 to 53. Yeah, he says. 26. 26, 52, 53. Jesus said to them, put your sword in its place for all who take the sword will perish by the sword. Do you think I cannot now pray to my father? He will provide me 12 legions of angels. Do you know that? He's actually seeing into the spirit realm. And the angels have no clue what's happening over there. And they're all waiting there. Is he going to ask? 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 Because they have no clue what's happening over there. Okay? Nobody understands the cross. It's a hidden mystery. Okay? So, Paul, through the mystery of the gospel that is revealed to him, and now he's being revealed the mystery of godliness. What is the mystery of God? And what's the mystery over there in the, um, First Timothy 3.16? First, God is manifested in flesh. So you need to realize, when I am born again, what does God want to do? He wants to manifest himself in me. Here, flesh means body, okay? Not the other flesh, okay? Please don't misunderstand. It means the body. God wants to manifest himself through our bodies. And that is a life of faith. And when we do, it, the only way we'll be justified before God is by the Spirit and seen by the angels. What does it mean? There is an angelic ministry available for every child of God. Every child of God are in angels ministering spirits sent to those who are being saved. So this is all mysteries. The fact that there are angels available. And these angels are always there to protect God's people, his children. And these are mysteries which is on the other realm. If you, if you do not know, you will not ask. You will not ask. And these mysteries are all being, this is the mystery of a godliness. What is the mystery of God? How is it protected? Your godliness has to be protected, right? If Jesus was so tired after 40 days, hungry, thirsty, and the temptation, the str- and then the angels have to minister to him. Right? Is he born of the Spirit? Is he filled with the Spirit? Does he need the ministry of angels? Question is, when you were tired and worn out, did you ask? Did you ask? Did you receive? It's a mystery. But if you don't know this mystery, you don't receive. You don't receive. There are mysteries over there. There are mysteries over there where the other realm intervenes. On the other side, God says, they are asking on the demons and receiving help from the demons all the time. Those who are into occult. What are you doing? What are you doing? What are you doing? There are angels at the beck and call of God who sends them to those children of his who need to be ministered to. But this is a process. Are they not all ministering spirits sent forth to minister for those who will inherit salvation? Okay, angels. We need to understand all these things. Okay, All these things we need to understand. That's what the Bible is talking about. And then going back to 3.16. Okay. And preached among the Gentiles, which was a big mystery. Because for a thousand years, it is not preached to the Gentiles. 
the Jewish thing is that it was only for them. And Jesus himself said, oh, don't go even to the half-breeds. Only go to the pure breed. Don't go to the Samaritan cities. Only for the Jews. Okay? And they are shocked. And you, if you go to Acts chapter 10 and verse 44, 45, when Paul, you know, Peter has to had to have a not night vision, daytime vision. Night vision, you would have thought it was probably he ate something unhealthy and it was, okay, so daytime. And the Bible says, while Peter was still speaking these words, the Holy Spirit fell upon those who heard and those of the circumcision who believed were astonished. What were they astonished? Not of the manifestation of the power of God or the Spirit of God. They were not mammoths. They were astonished had come upon the Gentiles. They all had manifested this wherever they go, which was all with the Jews. And they were stunned. They were absolutely stunned. The Spirit of God, which is your justification, salvation was given to the Gentiles. Preach to the Gentiles. This is the mystery of godliness. That one like us, who were yoked to idols. Our forefathers were yoked to idols and cursed by God are now partakers of the same Spirit of God. It's a mystery of godliness. It's a mystery of godliness because you can understand a Jew being saved because to him was given the law and the oracles, the prophets, the patriarchs, everything was saved. He had an understanding of God and a knowledge of God. We were cut away from the life of God and then without doing anything, the Spirit of God falls upon them. Just by believing the word that was preached. This is the mystery of faith. Priest to the Gentiles. And the Bible says the Jews were shocked. I mean, you would be shocked, right? You would be shocked. Let's just think about it, okay? You studied the whole year. You burned the midnight oil. You took every coaching class possible, okay? And then on the day of selection, this fellow walks in for the interview. He has never studied anything, okay? He has. But he gets the job and walks away. And he said, you said this is not fair. This is not fair. God says, I will have mercy on him because the only thing is that he believed. He believed. He believed. He came for that interview. He believed. <laughs> Hallelujah. <laughs> okay. When you were called for the interview, you were not told, submit your resume. You just say, interview on such and such day, all can apply. <laughs> the problem walking, is, walking. the fellow with this huge resume applied, the fellow without the resume also applied. Come to me, all you are thirsty is the only call. They came. The Gentiles believed. And they walked away with it. Okay, this is the mystery of faith. Okay, this is the mystery of faith. Priest to the Gentiles. Priest to the Gentiles. And the Gentiles believed. Okay, and then to the whole world, it says, not just to the Gentiles, believed on in the world. Okay, the whole world can believe. It's been gone to the ends of the world. If you go to Galatians 3, 26 to 29. It's a very powerful verse. 
for you are all all it doesn't matter jew or gentile which gentile irrelevant of which country you are from what your background is you are all sons of god through faith in christ jesus you know that's the issue like yesterday 12 people were arrested in karnataka over religious conversion the tribals came for a meeting i don't know what the whole setup is you know religion will try everything to stop simple people becoming sons of god that is the gospel anybody can be a child of god and the entire agenda of every religion is to stop people from becoming hearing the gospel and becoming the children of god it is free no religion anything is free only in christianity it is free believe on the lord jesus christ and you shall be saved be saved okay and there is this agenda to stop it is demonic but the people may may not understand it is demonic but in every religion for you are all it doesn't matter which country which religious background caste race color irrelevant you are all sons of god daughters of god through faith in christ jesus for as many as you were baptized into christ have put on christ that's your justification there is neither jew nor greek that's a difficult part there is no jew nor greek neither slave nor free neither male nor female so what is saying salvation is got nothing to do whether you are a jew or a greek whether you are a free man or a slave or gender it cuts through everything that is impossible for that time we have to look into worlds right the world in which it is being written at that point is impossible gentile getting saved yes slave getting saved yes female getting saved yes with these were the ones greek gentile was considered lower slave was considered lower female was considered lower god says no irrelevant the spirit of god can come into for you are all one in christ jesus if you are christ then you are abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise and what is that 340 what is that promise everyone is justified okay the blessing of abraham might come upon the gentiles in christ jesus that we might receive the promise of the spirit through faith see faith comes spirit comes this is the mystery of godliness and then going back to 360 one more component received up in glory this is the other mystery we looked at it okay because remember everything about jesus should be true about us everything about jesus has to be true about us first corinthians 15 51 and 52 behold i tell you a mystery we shall not all sleep but we shall be changed in a moment in the twinkling of an eye at the last trumpet for the trumpet will sound and the dead will be raised incorruptible and we shall be changed go to thessalonians 4 15 and 6 17 first thessalonians for this we say to you by the word of the lord that we who are alive and remain until the coming of the lord so there is one group of people who will be alive until jesus comes okay because that has to be replicated as he was taken up in glory that group will be taken up in will by no means precede those who are asleep 
It's the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. And we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air and thus. So there's a slight kind of confusion, right? So he says, the dead will rise, we will rise to meet with those who is coming with the Lord. So what is he talking about? The bodies of those who have died before us will rise to meet the souls, their own souls. Something will happen over there. They will all receive their bodies. They haven't got their bodies. So they are coming in the clouds with Jesus, those who have died. So all those dead people, okay, the bodies are going to rise and those bodies are going to be transformed along with those who are alive. If we are the part of that body who is alive at that time, everything will. So you see, this is the mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness is completed. God in the flesh and then the church is taken up. up. This is the completion of that mystery of godliness. The mystery of godliness. Okay. Are you getting it? There is a mystery of godliness. <coughs> yeah, it's okay. Remember, side by side in Second Thessalonians 2 7. 2 7. <coughs> also, side by side is the mystery. It's okay. Iniquity, lawlessness is already at work. So these two things are working side by side. The mystery of lawlessness and the mystery of godliness. Each will reach its own culmination. The mystery, if you know, you go to go to verse 1 onwards. To verse 1 onwards. For brethren, concerning the coming of our Lord Jesus Christ and our gathering together to him, so it is connected with that. The culmination of the the mystery of iniquity and the culmination of the mystery of godliness is connected to one event. Both is connected to one event, the coming of Jesus Christ. That is why we have to watch iniquity rising. We cannot see godliness rising. That is hidden in people. What we can see is iniquity rising. And as we see iniquity rising, 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 we need to realize it is connected with one thing. Both will reach its manifestation. <coughs> Not to be shake, soon shaken in mind or troubled either by spirit or by word or by letter as if it from us as though the day of Christ had come. Let no one deceive you by any means, for that day will not come unless falling away comes first. So there is a falling away comes first. What comes? Falling away comes. Meaning, people will not be able to handle the pressure. That's why the faith is being tested. Faith is being tested. People will start falling away. Will start falling away. That is why this constant of a faith has to be tested. God has to. Yesterday I was watching a video of one of the cars that was released in India and they were showing, I mean, they are showing a whole set of SUVs and saying which is the best of this lot, the experts. And they showed the crash tests. Okay, and they showed both tests, one the front and then from the side. How safe that car is. Okay. You don't know how safe you are. So you cannot run away from trials. You run away from trials, you're asking for trouble. You can ask God to deliver you from evil, not from trouble. These are not the same. Not the same. Because blessed is the one who endures all these things. There is evil is one thing. 
Trial and trouble is another thing. We cannot run away from trial and troubles because you know what? We will be very poorly equipped when that time approaches. Okay, time approaches. And that is what we have to be very careful about. Let no one deceive you by any means for that day will not come unless a falling away comes first. And what is really, first the falling away and the man of sin is revealed the son of perdition. The Antichrist has a person. Antichrist, the spirit of Antichrist is working through the system. The spirit of God is working through the church. And that man of perdition will arise. You know what? How will be a right who opposes and exalts himself above all that is called God or that is worshipped. So he sits as God in the temple of God, showing himself that. This is the danger part. This is the danger part because you realize this is the culmination of human history where Adam and Eve were told, if you eat, you shall be God. Basically, you don't have to be accountable. That's fundamentally what it means. Okay, Even the Trinity is accountable. They choose to be accountable, okay? But this is the man whose spirit, when it enters, people will not be accountable. They will not submit. Will not submit. And that's what you see, lawlessness. Basically, what, what causes lawlessness? Lack of submission causes lawlessness. Whether it is an individual, or whether it is a home, or it is a nation. What is, what Causes lawlessness. What causes lawlessness? If Adam and Eve had submitted to one thing God had said, lawlessness would not have come. And after they did not submit when he comes, they still don't submit. Did you do what I told you not to do? He's still lawless. Cain, God, where is your brother? He's still lawless. And this is what we need to understand. This is the danger part of it. Okay, let me let me tell you. Why is there so much problem in homes? Why is there so much problem in homes? It is lawlessness. Why? Because men won't submit to the authority of Christ. Women will not submit. You have to listen to an interview of Jordan Peterson with a lady um, uploaded six, seven days back. And he's, he thinks he's a, he's a, he's a very brilliant guy, theologian. Now, he makes this, this thing about it. He says, what you see happening over here is basically he says that you can, I can have an argument with a man because we know very well the boundaries. And with a man, once the boundaries are courts, both men notes, they will resort to violence. But with a woman, you can't do that. You can't do that. You can't do that. So the issue is here, he's, he says, the entire movement is to change man. Change man. To change man. The entire is to change man. But if you change man, you change everything. You change everything. Because this is the problem. This is the whole problem we are talking. You cannot even use harsh words against a woman. You cannot use violence against a woman. Why? Because a woman won't submit. That is the Jezebel. What does Jezebel spirit actually mean? It means headless. Basically, that's what it means. It's headless. And he makes a very powerful statement. He says, the worst thing, he says, is a weak man. It's a weak man. And what they are trying to do is weakening men. It's a weak man. A weak, he says, who is a weak man? A weak man is a man who refuses to fight. Refuses to fight. 
And you need to understand, this is what the Bible is talking about. You look at the picture, you see what is happening over here. Okay, what happening over here. And you realize it is the reason. That is what he will show himself that he is God. Himself that he is God. So there is a person that is going to be revealed ultimately culmination of iniquity. That is the Antichrist and Satan will give him his power. Literally enter into him and vicariously live through him as the father lived through the son. Okay? Father lived through the son. And if you come to Revelation 17 and verses 1 to 6 to 7. 17, Revelation 17. One of the seven angels who had the seven bowls came and talked with me and saying to me, Come, I will show you the judgment of the great harlot who sits on many waters, with whom the kings of the earth committed fornication, and the inhabitants of the earth were made drunk with the wine of her fornication. So he carried me away in the spirit into the wilderness. Understand this. You cannot see this unless it is revealed by the spirit, one way or other. And I saw a woman sitting on a scarlet beast, which was full of names of blasphemy, having seven heads and ten horns. The woman was arrayed in scarlet, adorned with gold and precious stones, pearls, having in her hand a golden cup full of abominations and the filthiness of her fornication. And on her forehead a name was written, Mystery, Babylon the Great, the mother of harlots, of the abominations of the earth. So what does he see? You see, you have, you have the epitome of godliness, that is God in flesh, Jesus Christ, and his institution, which is his bride, the church. And you, you have, you have the Antichrist and his institution, which is called Babylon the Great. And Babylon is now coming to its peak. And the Antichrist is getting ready to rise. So on, we see that's what they're talking about, the great reset. The entire reset is Babylon rising up. Babylon rising up. Okay, entire thing is Babylon rising up. And I saw the woman. What is she? Drunk with the blood of the saints and the blood with the martyrs of Jesus. And when I saw her, I marveled with a great amazement. But the angel said, why did you marvel? I will tell you the mystery of the woman and of the beast that carries Yeah, We'll stop there and carries her. So did you see that? Something is happening. So these are all mysteries. But if you don't have eyes to see, we will not see the world as Babylon. We won't see. If you don't, that's what I said. We are stewards of the mysteries of God. And the whole idea is to reveal to them what is the mystery of godliness, what is the mystery of iniquity, who is the bride of Christ, it's a mystery, and who is the bride of the devil, which is the world, the Babylonian world system. And God says, come out, come out. But who will receive? We do not know, because faith itself is a mystery. The gospel is itself is a mystery. And it is entirely controlled by the Spirit of God. He is the Lord. So how does it all end side by side? You know what it says? Revelation 2 verse 11. He who has a here, no, no, sorry, 22, 11, not 2. 22, 11. Revelation 22, 11. He who is unjust, let him be unjust still. What is that? Iniquity growing. He who is filthy, let him be filthy still. Who is righteous, let him be righteous still. He who is holy, let him be holy still. But where is it happening? It's happening side by side. Iniquity is reaching its peak. 
Godliness is rising its peak. Both are happening. And what is the day that will separate this both? The day of Christ. When it comes, it will happen. And that is why people believe in rapture. That there is a secret rapture. The secret rapture takes place before the Antichrist is revealed. The day of the Lord will not happen. When? Until there is a falling away. And when this fellow is revealed, the church will be taken out. The bride will be taken out. That's why people believe in it. And then they say there is another rapture which will be in the middle of That's where mid-tribulation rapture for the... I mean, I do not know. I don't want to get into it. But the key is Hebrews 10.38. Faith. 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 Okay. Any man knows. So the simple question we need to ask is, what can cause me to draw back? What can cause me? Okay. I mean, how does the enemy... Cause you to draw back. Okay? What will you do to do? You cannot draw back. You are not allowed to draw back. Because if you draw back, you fall into another camp. Okay, draw back. That's why we need to be very careful about and be relevant in your own time. Be relevant. What God is doing in you and God, what God is doing right now in the world, you have to be part of it because that is part of your sanctification. Part of your sanctification. That's where pressure. See, all saints are not um, like if you look at David. If you look at David. He fell only once because of pleasure. You know that? But all his tests was pressure. We sometimes get it wrong within the body of Christ. Okay? Saints don't draw back because of pleasure. That was only for a seed, less than 10 months for David. But all his life, what he faced was pressure. And the question is, when pressure comes, pressure will come only, let me tell you, there are people in Secunderabad cantonment who have no clue what pressure is in the army. If that fellow has to get pressure, he gets a notification saying, you're posted to the border, to Galwan. Suddenly understands that pressure. So you will not know what pressure is until you are part. You choose to be, because this is where free will comes. You choose to be part of what God is doing now. And in every age, those who chose to be part of what God is doing then understood pressure. And you know what? And that was mandated by God for their first sanctification. 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 The guy who is in Secunderabad cantonment, who is also a soldier in the Indian army, and the man at Galwan, his alertness and his hearing is a completely different. He hears differently. That man hears differently. His sleeping is different. His waking is different. His eating is different. Everything is controlled by where he is. And that's what the Bible says. Those who have ears, let them hear. Because this is how the devil deceives. The devil says, okay, I can't unsave this person. But he makes him calm, get creates a very calm environment around you. And you feel everything is good. But when the hammer drops, you realize, I'm not prepared. That's where you have to, because in the kingdom of God, you say, this is what God says. I said before you, but you have to choose. You have to choose. You have to be, choose to be part of this battle. And that's why we need to ask ourselves, how is that people in our own churches <coughs> around the world who came much after us, how did they go so far ahead of us? Because they chose. They chose. 
Even in free nations they chose. There's no going back. We will forever go. In Exodus 14, 14, there is something which God says. (coughs) The Lord will fight for you. You shall hold your peace. But there is something which you have to do. Verse 15. Tell the children of Israel to go forward. If the Lord has to fight for you, you have to go forward. God doesn't fight for people who are not moving forward. Because they are not in the fight anyway. Nani, that's your nani. Okay, okay. He's talking now. <laughs> Did you see that? God is not fighting for people who are not moving forward. These things are there. God will hold your peace. God will fight for you. But you know what? Go forward. Keep going forward. If you're going forward, God is fighting for you. God is fighting for you. But this is a choice. To go forward is a choice. Forward is a choice. It's a choice. You have to make these choices. Don't get distracted from this battle. Even as you're studying and all these things, there's something bigger than all of this, which is called the mystery of the kingdom of God. That's why the Bible says, in one day, the kingdoms of this world will become the kingdom of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ. And it should not be a surprise. It should be a reality because you are part of that struggle, and part of that battle. Okay, we shouldn't be caught by surprise by like Lot. Tomorrow is destruction. Please get out. <laughs> Thank God he had an uncle who prayed for him. Otherwise, he would all have been gone in that fire. Gone in the fire. It shouldn't catch us by surprise. These things. So when things are happening over there, be tuned in your prayer closet. Be tuned. Those who have ears, let them hear. Because you are justified by the Spirit. You are justified by the Spirit. The Spirit of God in you, that is your justification. You cannot take faith and the Spirit of God apart. That's why the Old Testament danger, they had works. They had works of faith. Most of them did not have a life of faith. That is where Enoch comes in, in the old covenant. And he's, he's taken out. He's taken out because he had a life of faith. And you couldn't keep him here. He had to be taken up in glory. You couldn't leave him alive here. You couldn't leave him alive here. Why? Because he was walking with the Spirit. And you walk with the Spirit. You have to be taken. That is your proof, your assurance of glory. Because you're walking with the Spirit. And that's where Enoch is. In the entire narrative in Hebrews 11, there's only one man that is different. That's Enoch. He's the only man that is different in that entire narrative. You know what? He didn't die. He didn't die. All the others died. All the others died. Okay? Now we shall have Peter. So these mysteries are working side by side. Be part of it. Okay. Don't run away from trials of faith. Your faith being more precious than gold has to be tested in fire because what are we receiving? The end of our faith. The salvation. What does it mean? The end of our faith, the salvation of our soul has been taken completely over by the Spirit of God. It's God in flesh. It's God in flesh. 
completely taken over. If you look at Acts chapter 6, when Stephen is brought, he's brought before the, before the Sanhedrin and he's asked to speak. Look at the last words in Acts chapter 6. What does it say? Acts chapter 6, the last verse. Can read it for you. And they all sat in the council looking steadfastly on him, saw his face as it had been the face of an angel. You know what? He's reaching the end of his journey. In a few hours he'll be dead. In a few hours he'll be dead. He hasn't even spoken. But the Spirit of God is going to speak to the Sanhedrin and to all of us and reveal mysteries which are hidden in the entire Old Testament through this man. And when he's speaking and they look at him, his face is the face of an angel. Face of an angel. Because he's reaching the end of his faith, the salvation of his soul. And it is literally like an angel of the Lord standing there and speaking. God revealed in flesh. Because every time an angel came and spoke, he never said, I say. He says, the Lord says. And Zachariah struck dumb for nine months. He says, do you know who is speaking? I, Gabriel, who stands before God, is speaking to you. And you didn't believe God, therefore you will not speak. Angels never spoke on their own. They spoke through the Spirit what God had spoken. And here is he standing. And this religious council is looking at him. And his face is shining like that of an angel. Okay. But when iniquity is working, they will kill an angel also. It doesn't make any difference. It's the power of iniquity. You can have Christ come and speak to you, but you will not be convicted or changed. Yes, let's have it.